used to be that I would get the text message from Weather Underground that something was issued, and then I would uh, race to put it on Twitter before Rob Fowler did. True story. I would usually come in right about neck and neck. He's on, he's on his stuff. So, uh, but yeah, it was all manual. I mean, from a BlackBerry. Jared Smith is the founder of the Twitter account CHSWX, and he's my guest today. Welcome to Now Charleston. I'm Sam Spence. It's Monday, May 2nd. Now Charleston takes a look at a handful of issues three times a week and tells you why they are important. May 1st marks the beginning of sea turtle nesting season. We'll look at what you need to know. And Charleston is one of the busiest rental markets in the nation. We'll see how it stacks up. And you won't believe what you'll pay this month when you get on a carter bus. Those stories and my interview with Jared Smith, starting now. Sea turtle nesting season started Sunday, and that means early risers at local beaches may come across sea turtle nests and tracks in the sand that indicate new sea turtle nests. Thousands of turtles will crawl out of the water and up the sand to lay eggs in the soft sand uh, over the next few months. More than 5,500 nests were reported last year in South Carolina. There are four types of sea turtles that nest along South Carolina coastlines. Uh, with loggerheads being the most common. Green turtles, Kemp's Ridleys, and leatherback turtles also visit South Carolina shores. All those species are endangered. Those leatherbacks, though, are the biggest turtles in the world and grow up to six feet long and weigh up to 1,500 pounds. Imagine your body being designed to float, weighing 1,500 pounds, and then having to drag all that out of the water up a dry, sandy beach. It's crazy. The State Department of Natural Resources says the best ways to keep turtles safe is to be careful when you're boating. Avoid using artificial light on beaches at night. It throws off some of the uh, instincts when turtles see light on the beach. And keep beaches clean of single-use plastics. Tampering or interfering with turtles is a violation of federal law. Turtles that nest now will start hatching uh, in around early July. And sea turtle nesting continues through October. More new people are looking to rent in Charleston than almost any other market in the U.S., according to a new report. Okay, you already knew the rental market here is crazy, but let's look at the numbers. According to a storage cafe study cited by the Post and Courier over the weekend, Charleston ranks number 11 in the nation for inbound renters, according to the study. And that means for every renter who left Charleston in 2021 last year, 2.4 new renters are now here. Two-thirds of them are from elsewhere, with the most common coming from Charlotte, New York, and Atlanta. When people leave Charleston, they're mostly going to Charlotte, Atlanta, and Washington, D.C., according to the study. For reference, Atlanta ranks 7th on this list of, of inbound renters, and Wilmington, North Carolina, a little bit up to the north, ranks 19th. The national average for a two-bedroom unit is $1,319. Charleston rents center around $1,459 for a one-bedroom unit. But in Mount Pleasant, where they're the most expensive, they would come in at $2,300 for a two-bedroom unit. Charleston buses across the whole region are absolutely free this month. That's no dollars, zero dollars. The Charleston Area Regional Transit Authorities. No Pay May initiative uh, launched on Sunday, and it runs through the end of the month. 
Carter Chairman Mike Seekings said the agency was aiming to increase new riders with the initiative as mask mandates are lifted and people may be more comfortable getting back on buses. Normally, you'd have to give exact change or buy a pass to get on a Carter bus. Um, and last month, the agency actually allowed people to start paying using an app. But you won't need any of that this month. If you've never used a Carter bus before, I think one way to kind of dip your toe into it is just to just to check Google Maps and look at your commute. Let's see how it would be on, on Carta. Uh, the data on Google Maps is pretty good. Or just download the Transit app and check there. That app can also give you real-time info on where buses are. Some areas are easier to commute from than others in Charleston, but either way, every day, thousands of people use Carta to get around and get to work, get to essential appointments, and rely on it all across the Charleston area. Jared Smith has run the Twitter account CHSWX since 2008, and he's one of Charleston's most indispensable sources of weather knowledge and quick response coverage of severe weather. Over the past 14 years, he's amassed 51,000 followers eager for local weather information and posted some 78,000 tweets. Though some of those are automated, that's part of what makes the service tick. A software developer by trade, Jared uses that experience to run CHSWX on the side. But tune into his account during severe weather especially, and you'll see it's, it's way more than just a hobby. Today I'll talk to Jared about how he got started, why he does it, and how you can get ready for the 2022 hurricane season, which starts in less than a month on June 1st. Jared Smith, thanks for joining me. Hey, thanks. Uh, thanks for having me. Uh, Jared, I've known you for a long time from the days when you were streaming uh, Charleston weather on Ustream and, and kind of the experimental phase of early Charleston Twitter. But just for folks who haven't been following you for, what, uh, ten, more than 10 years now? 14. Wow, 14 years. Tell folks how you got into this and how do you balance uh, this? And, and Absolutely. So, I mean, I, I think you can trace the roots back to my, I mean, my own personal blog back in 2005, 2006, when I was writing about, hey, we've got some storms you know, coming. And I was writing up scenarios around me. Like, for, for example, hurricanes. I mean, uh, that's obviously the big one that, you know, that we deal with. And I was writing up you know, blog posts about the hurricanes and stuff. And, and a funny thing happened is that I started having a, a parents of CFC students uh, comment on these personal blog posts saying, Oh, I, I'm so thankful for these posts because uh, I want to know what's really happening on the ground. Um, and I thought that was like, okay, that's interesting. I'm just a guy, but cool. All right, we'll go with this. Um, and then, you know, it's just, uh, you know, Twitter obviously became a thing. It was like, okay, yeah, this could be pretty good for, you know, rapid fire updates, rapid fire weather updates. You know, that was something that I was uh, experimenting with. I was, exper- as you mentioned, I was experimenting with Ustream at the time. Um, Certainly, uh, a, a very different world at that point. The you know a lot narrower bandwidth. We're not doing it in HD, that's for sure. Um, but streaming radar over UStream. I actually gave a presentation on that. Um, you know, back in two thousand eight, uh, uh, to a you know to a, a decent audience, including a couple news people, which was uh, which was kind of fascinating. So yeah, I mean, one thing led to another, and, and I set up the uh, you know April two thousand eight about fourteen years ago. Um, set up the uh, at CHSWX Charleston Weather Twitter account. And I was just kind of updating that more for friends at that point. Friends, family, uh, any family that was using Twitter, which, you know, that was kind of a, a later bloom uh, sort of thing. And it used to be that I would get the text message from Weather Underground that something was issued, and then I would uh, race to put it on Twitter before Rob Fowler did. 
true story. Um, and 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 I would I would usually come in right about neck and neck. He's on he's on his stuff. So, uh, but yeah, it was all manual. I mean, mm-hmm. from a BlackBerry. So again, let's date this a little bit. Let's you know we're, like we're a SMS we're, text we're, message, not an iMessage. You can copy and paste correct. from anything. Yeah, yeah, exactly. We're, we are we are talking BlackBerry like BlackBerry Messenger at the time. So you know we was tweeting stuff out, and and around that time too, we had we had gotten together. Um, Sam, I think you, I would think you were at this actually. If you weren't, I was, I'd, I'd be surprised. I know that you know several other folks were there, but we did a hashtag summit at Juanita Greenberg's mm-hmm. on a, a May, early May afternoon. I don't know if I was there um, or not. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Um, I, I know that uh, I, I know that there was city paper representation. I think Josh. I think that was before you. That was a, when. Josh yeah, Curry Josh was. There. Josh was at the city paper. I wasn't at the city paper yet yeah. at that point. Yeah. Yeah. But we but we came up with you know the list of city hashtags and we you know it included and that was hashtag CHSWX and that started getting some traction. Uh, we started seeing you know the local folks use it. It was started to receive reports through it, and I started to receive weather reports. And it's like oh cool. What do I do with these? <laughs> and it's like, so, you know, you hit retweet and back in mm-hmm. the day it was RT at person and you're oh, yeah, doing frantic text. editing yeah. to get under 140 characters. Mm-hmm. Um, and eventually, you know, eventually got to the point where it was like, yeah, this is actually really useful. So I started, you know, emailing them to the weather service and everything like that. And, and, um, and so that, so that relationship grew over time. And, uh, were there other people out, yeah. I mean, outside Charleston doing similar stuff at this point or, cause it seems, I mean, mm-hmm. It was obviously the first exposure many people in Charleston had to crowdsourced weather like this on social. Mm-hmm. Were other people around the U.S. doing it at the same time? I have to imagine probably they were. Uh, there, you know, there were. I, I ran into a couple TV Mets actually who were early adopters of Twitter in two thousand eight, two thousand nine. I think the TV meteorologists, yeah, yeah, TV, yeah, TV meteorologists. Yeah, sorry, I am not not um, not New York, <laughs> um, but I was, um, but. You know, but, but but yeah, certainly you know what I was doing is a little different. I mean, there's there's some people who have had accounts for a while. Uh, a guy in a uh, guy in the North Carolina mountains, local yokel weather. He's been doing it a, a year before I did. He's been almost 15 years now, um, and, and he's had you know a little bit uh, different thing there. But I think the the closest cousin um, and really the big boy in all of this is not what we're doing here, but Nashville. Nash Severe WX, Nashville Severe Weather. Those guys, that's a team of guys, uh, a lawyer, uh, an audio tech, and um, God, I, I don't remember what Will does, but but, but these three guys, and, and it's expanded over time, and he has hmm. a, a whole, like, he has a whole uh, army of interns. Uh, MemphisWeather.net is another one that's kind of, like, made the transition from blog-based exclusively into social. Uh, also has, you know, students as interns, but uh, Nashville really is... Um, they're the ones who really uh, gave the whole concept a lot of legitimacy. Honestly, if you think if you think what I'm doing is is big, they they win awards. Like they actually won their city papers. Hey, best Twitter national scene. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, I mean they're they're legit, man. What's the craziest memory you have of running CHSWX and? Uh, kind of trying to survive, for lack of a better word, as a Charleston. September, yeah, September 2015. Um, very late night, actually around midnight. Um, tornado formed on Johns Island, began doing damage. Um, there was a, a debris signature on radar, and keep in mind that that we had not had dual pole very long. Uh, the dual polarization technology, which lets us look at the shapes, in addition to the um, 
you know, just the reflectivity of the targets and the speed that the targets are moving. Um, we were act- we were actually able to dis- to discern between the shapes of those things, and so there was a debris signature that formed over John's Island, and that thing was headed right to my house. Um, so grabbed the laptop, grabbed everybody. Dogs were looking at me funny. I mean, it's like, what are you doing, Dad? What are you, what's going on here? Um, but yeah, we uh, you know hunkered down in the laundry room, which was my safe place, um, for better or worse. It's about all I got. Everything has got windows around here. Um, so, you know, hunkered in there, I've got, you know, I've got chat up in one window, I've got radar scope up in the other, and I'm watching this thing. And it's like, okay, I mean, and, and, and keep in mind, I'm just tweeting at this point. I'm not, I'm not live. I'm not doing video or anything mm. like that, that, you know, uh, but, um, but the tornado warning certainly is like people heard their phones go off and they heard the weather radios go off and they did the right thing and they moved to the safe places. I mean, there's plenty of damage on John's Island from this. Yeah. And so there I am hunkering down and, um, and then I see the debris signature dissipate and I start to see the, uh, I start to see the, the rotation begin to, uh, collapse and they give the all clear and I come back up and I plug back into all of my monitors and we just keep on, and we keep on going. Yeah. It was up in about one thirty, two o'clock that night. Um, uh, watching things and uh, relaying any damage reports that we got. but So that's kind of a small window where you have to react to yourself to something that will affect you personally. I know just from reporting them and from uh, watching you that there are also these kind of marathon sessions where like if a hurricane's coming through, we're trying to see like if the tracks are changing or whatever. What's kind of the longest you remember having to um, – really be wired in, um, to try to watch something. You know, cause it, you, cause you don't really yeah. forecast. You kind of just, you watch and, uh, use the tools you have and you can do mm-hmm. some, but yeah. you're not a meteorologist per se, like the folks on TV or at the national weather service. I mean like, but you do have some right. of the same tools they use. Oh yeah, absolutely. And again, I think the thing that, you know, the thing that, that, that I can provide the most value in is the kind of the, the short term now casting kind of thing. I mean, everybody uses the hurricane center forecast. Mm-hmm. I mean, you don't, you don't have like, there's a reason for that too, for hurricanes, because they are so good at what they do. There is no reason for somebody to offer, you know, an alternate path because that'll just confuse people. Yeah. Right. I mean, that's the hurricane center. I mean, they're, they're phenomenal at what they do. And, and again, you know, it, mostly time constraints. If I could forecast all day, oh yeah, I, I, I would, um, you know, but I've got a day job yeah. and, 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 and that's, and that's, and that's a great thing. You know, uh, God love them. Boomtown has been amazing about this. Uh, yeah. So Jared is a, is a, uh, software developer. Is that wrong way to I'm manager now? Oh, Hey, so, okay. But you're a developer yeah, by training and experience, mm-hmm. uh, for Boomtown, which runs a mm-hmm. kind of a real estate CRM mm-hmm. CMS type thing. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And, and recently, and, and, and it's so funny because every year we have a conference called Unite and uh, I run weather support for that. Like I will have the, the event organizers hitting me up uh, and I will be running weather support for that. Yeah. Do you make any money from CHSWX or is it just a, make, kind of a hobby? I make a little bit. Yeah. yeah I, I still have Patreon going. It's, um, you know, it's a slow and steady wins the race with that. The, the whole goal with that the entire time has been to break even. I've been a little bit fortunate to do a little bit better than that. And so all I've done is sunk the money back into servers. But forever so, you, but before that you did it. With for free, I mean, essentially completely yeah. out of my pocket. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. And honestly, like, you know, and honestly, again, I think uh, I, I will say that having Patreon there is good because it does, you know, it, you know, it, it, it does help quite a bit. Are there any other formats? Because it seems that you're kind of thinking about because it seems like with the 
and I don't, I know that you, I would not uh, presume to you to be a TikToker or anything like that. But like, are there any other formats that you are interested in looking at, or like uh, that you see potential in that maybe you just haven't gotten to yet? Because it seems like, you know, Instagram Reels and TikTok and stuff like that are great for bite-sized stuff. But um, I don't know, is that something you thought about? I have on my personal account done some weather talks. Mm-hmm. Um, TikTok for me is for goofing off. Truth be told, um, there's only so many platforms sure. that that we can accommodate. Some people, they have tremendous amounts of energy. I don't know how they do it. Um, I have uh, learned over the years that sleep is important. I know that the, the, the trope used to be in the mid, you know, in the mid 2010s is like, Jared, did you get any sleep? Did you get any sleep? And I finally figured that part out. Um, and, uh, which is, which is great. Yeah. Uh, you know, there have been, have been some late nights, but I finally figured that out. But part of that is just, you know, kind of picking a couple formats that work really well. Um, you know, Instagram is good for like a daily thing. And, you know, stories are awesome for weather data because they expire. That's a beautiful thing. Um, Facebook on the other hand, will show you, you know, yesterday's tornado warning three days from now. So, so Facebook is just incredibly frustrating. Yeah. And Um, people's like, uh, freak outs for lack of a better word about like how the models look from a week ago. And then you, you get them like today, you know? Um, Yeah. And we, yeah, we get them today and nothing happened. Yeah. Right. I mean, that, I remember that, writing, a- I remember writing stories for the city paper about like, check the timestamp. It's it's kind of like all the mm-hmm. same political stuff from 2016. Oh, yeah. Now it's like, check the timestamp. Like if it's today or yesterday, probably good info. Mm-hmm. If it's two weeks ago. Yeah. Yeah. Weather data goes stale. Yeah. I mean, weather, weather forecasts go stale. They have to be constantly updated. I'm just asking this as it relates to like what you guys observe on the weather side of things. Mm-hmm. How has climate change impacted uh, what you do and what you see and kind of ha- how you guys see the public perception and understanding of severe weather? Mm-hmm. You know, it's a really great question because I think in Charleston, they, the obvious answer is flooding. Um, the number of coastal flood events has gone up dramatically just in the last 10 years. Uh, and so that puts me on a little bit more. But the other thing that's been very interesting about that is that where the more marginal coastal flood events would garner more reports back in 2011, 2012? Now people just look at that. It's like, oh, there's water on the road. Okay, yeah. It's a day that ends in Y. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the, that perception shift has been actually really interesting. It's like I, I used to get reports for flooding pretty regularly through like all stages of an event. Like if it was a minor flood stage, something like that, 7.0, 7.1 feet, I'd still be able to garner a few reports out of that. But now it's got to get to it's got to be really impactful. It's got to start closing roads um, to start seeing like that. So it's been interesting to see the one, the, the increase in the frequency for sure. And and that is, you know, and that's time. And that's, you know, it's it's a slow moving train wreck because we all know where this is going. Mm-hmm. Um, but two, it is very interesting to see how the public has over time adapted to it and and adjusted to a new normal, which is fascinating. All right, Jared. So hurricane season starts in a month. Uh, what you have any idea about what people are going to be dealing with or like what the predictions say at this point? Yeah. So it's very much trending back towards yet another active season. Um, the uh, early April, uh, Colorado state, uh, Dr. Phil Klotz back, he puts out his, uh, the first stab at the outlook for the year. And it was once again, above average for the Atlantic. Certainly seems like we may be getting into a triple dip La Nina. And that 
La Nina typically uh, uh, relaxes the shear over the Atlantic um, and generally makes for more favorable conditions for certainly more tropical cyclones. Um, it only takes one for a year to be a bad year. And so the, you know, regardless of whether it's an El Nino year where we may only have a few storms um, or, you know, one of those years where it seems like we're tracking four at the same time constantly, um, I, I would say, you know, the preparation steps remain the same. This is a great time to do it. We have a few beautiful days coming up. We're getting, uh, we're getting close to the beginning of the season. And keep in mind, too, is that the last few years there have been storms that have spun up in May. You know, the, the call to action is the same, whether it's, you know, whether it's, you know, five hurricanes or 15, you know, it just needs that one to be a problem. And so I'll er- encourage everybody to start, you know, getting your kits together now. Um, there's a lot of anxiety around storms and rightfully so. And one great way that you can uh, diffuse that anxiety, at least somewhat, is to know what your plan is. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of people still making hurricane plans when something's bearing down can't do that you know get your insurance information and everything together now because they're they're not gonna deal with you when there's a named storm out there at that point that's threatening your area and it's it's entirely too late so now is the time to get ready so there you go only takes one folks so again uh, lots of great resources out there you know um uh, Hurricane.sc, SCEMD has done a wonderful job, the Emergency Management Division. They've done a wonderful job putting together a really good hurricane guide at a URL that you can remember, hurricane.sc, hurricane.southcarolina, if you think about it. Um, So time's now. Get ready. And hopefully you don't have to use it. Yeah. I I mean, that's that's the thing. Hopefully you don't have to use it. Um, But if you do, you'll be glad you did. Yeah, sure. Well, Jared... um where can folks find more information about what you do to find your Patreon if they want to support you mm-hmm. or uh, or just be able to follow you if they don't already? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, Charleston Weather at CHSWX on all of the platforms that I serve, uh, Facebook, Twitter, uh, Twitter being the big one. That's where you're going to get the best. That's where you get it's still going to be the best. But uh, Twitter, Instagram, um, those are the three big ones that I still uh, that I publish to daily. Um but Twitter definitely is where if you're looking for warnings, uh, a supplement to your warnings, you should be really getting your warnings through, you know, like uh, uh, one of the local new smartphone apps or NOAA Weather Radio. One day, one day I will be able to forego sleep and be able to build a CHSWX app or pay somebody to do that. <laughs> you can help with that. Uh, Patreon.com slash CHSWX if you want to sign up there. Um and and I and I'd be remiss to not plug the efforts that we're doing with the Carolina Weather Group as well. We also have a Patreon for the Carolina Weather Group, Patreon.com/slash Carolina Weather Group, um, at Carolina WX Group on Twitter, Facebook. Uh, we've been doing a little bit with Instagram, but we're not quite as active there. Um, subscribe to our YouTube channel there. You get an alert when we go when we go live. Um, and something else that's cool is that we'll cross when when it's relevant to the Charleston area, we'll actually cross post the stream to the Charleston Weather Facebook page. So. A number of ways that you can do this, um, and definitely appreciative of everybody's support and, and, and your reports over the years. Like, that's what keeps it going, honestly. It's what keeps me engaged with it. I've never had a side project last more, for more than two or three months, and so for this to go 14-plus years has been pretty awesome. Yeah. And, uh, and, you know, and, and, and again, we got, some, we got some great folks in Charleston who are really engaged on this stuff, and I think that we have made some people – I'd like to think that we've made some people more weather aware 
and uh, and and improved the overall public safety posture towards severe weather. So um, that certainly seems to be my read on it. I hope that people find that the same way. Well, Jared, thanks for everything that you do and um, and keeping people aware and helping people learn about this stuff, uh, which I think is a big help. And uh, thanks for joining me today. Absolutely, Sam. You're crushing it. Keep up. Keep up the great work. Thanks, man. I appreciate it. That's all I've got for you today. If you have feedback for the show, you can leave a voice message at 843-474-1319 or email sam at nowcharleston.com. If you can rate and review the show in Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening, that's also a huge help. And as always, check nowcharleston.com for links and notes from today's show. And make sure you don't miss anything. Follow twitter.com slash nowcharleston and instagram.com slash nowcharleston. Thanks so much for listening. I'll be back on Wednesday with the next Now Charleston.